0: DJ PK, time now to talk with one of our favorites. Kiss Chris Camrani joins us. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. So no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while well, managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Chris, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? Well, as usual, I'm confused and PK's trying to straighten me out, but I think it's really going to take you. So, you went to the Athletic and you were writing about the Utes, but then mm. the Olympics came around and you were writing a lot of features, mm-hmm. but now you've written some Utes, so are you uh, just staying, staying versatile and valuable? Was that a temporary deal? Or are you, with the Olympics already only like, uh, I don't know, 18 months away or something to the Winter Games, you going to do both? What's, what's your deal?
1: If I had a nickel for every time somebody asked me that, DJ, I'd be a very rich man. Nice. <laughs> um, my deal is, is uh, my job has changed a little bit at The Athletic. I'm more of just a wide-ranging features writer, um, not hyper-focused to the local scene um, anymore. I kind of have the the runway to pursue stories, not only you know here in Utah, but nationally and internationally. If I want to, um, the the story that ran yesterday was something that had been done for a few months. They just kind of wanted to hold it with the proximity of the college football calendar coming up, and yeah. So that that is my deal. I'm I'm still gainfully employed by the Athletic, which is a great place for me to work, and luckily they've given me the pathway to do what i feel like i'm decent at and yeah i'm just a very privileged lucky man
2: well chris you're not only decent at it you're as good as there is at it honestly i mean you're a storyteller of the truest form so i could see why they'd have you do that and i've told you this before i think you're just absolutely marvelous at it, and it is your calling and that's where you're going to get they're going to get their most value is to have you tell stories in print form because literally i don't think i've read anybody better so I'm glad that you're doing that because it's what you should be doing because you're so darn good at it. Um, the thing that you spoke of, the story that ran, was the Colton Swan story, who's a linebacker coach. I assume that's the one you're talking about, the linebacker yeah. coach at the University of Utah, who went to Weber on a rodeo scholarship, I believe, and I don't even think that I knew that that existed until I saw that. And so tell us, uh, I think Swan's a great interview. Every time I've interviewed him, probably you know six or seven times, he's been there a couple of years now. He's got a lot of energy and he's direct and he's quotable and articulate and all that. So I find it fascinating that he's still doing the rodeo. Tell us about that story.
1: Well, first off, the check is in the mail. PK, I'm just dropping it (laughs) off. I'm out in the the rain right now, just getting wet. Um, Secondly, yeah, no, so uh, when when Colton was hired uh, before the start of the 2019 season, that was around the time I was hired at the Athletic a few months later that summer. And back then, my full-time job was being the beat writer of the Utes. And, you know, your first, first thing you should do is you should be, you know, reading up and researching on people that might have interesting stories. And sure enough, I go to Utah's website, and in his bio, it says that Colton Swan went to Weber State on a rodeo scholarship. And like you, I had no idea that that was even a possibility. So start kicking the tires with the SID department and, you know, say like his they're an avenue that I could, you know, sit down in Colton and and talk to him about what this era of his life was like. And I come to find out that that era is nowhere near over. He still (laughs) competes in team roping events across the Intermountain West any chance he gets um, every summer. And uh, this was actually a story that was targeted to be done in the summer of 2020. But as we know, COVID kind of derailed um, lots of, lots of plans. So, I had to keep this thing on the back burner for a while, and luckily enough, um, through the uh, cooperation of Colton and the SID department, we were able to kind of nail down an ideal time to go watch him compete, and it turns out I got to go to Lovely Rock Springs, Wyoming, great place. I would recommend visiting there 10 times out of 10, and got to kind of glean Um, a lot about this guy who's a pretty unique person, not only a football coach that I think a lot of people believe is one of the you know, really good young and -and up-and-coming assistant coaches on the West Coast, but also a guy who um, has a really fascinating backstory as an underdog from a small town in Idaho who kind of had to really work his way up uh, uh, not only the football scene, but also the rodeo scene as well.
0: So I think it would be a safe assumption then that the toughness that it takes to compete in rodeo and get uh, battered and bruised and all that kind of stuff translates well to linebacker's coach? I mean, he was made to do this.
1: I mean, listen, the, the story that I heard about this guy growing up, um, yes. The answer is yes. And I think there, there's a, uh, a differentiation between rodeo cowboys and actual cowboys, and I learned this because Colton told me this, There are cowboys who get to have, you know, the luxury of living the life that they get to travel around and and compete to win money um, in various disciplines on the rodeo circuit, which is tough. I get it. But there are also cowboys who grow up actually ranching and waking up at 3 a.m. and, you know, digging fence posts and resetting fence and all of this stuff that Colton did with his grandfather um, on his 10,000 acre farm in southwest Idaho growing up. So, like, Colton kind of had both um, experiences. He grew up understanding what it was like to run a, a cattle ranch, literally, um, with his grandfather and his brothers, but also, you know, translated a lot of that skill set to competing in high school rodeos in Idaho, and eventually, um, you know, made it to Weber on a, on a rodeo scholarship. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you've never been to a rodeo, I think nothing against – I mean, football is different. I would say, like – you know, rodeo folk are, are are tougher on the whole, just because it's it's a very unforgiving lifestyle. It's not guaranteed. You 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 pour so much time and effort and money into something that might not pay out. You know, you're you're gassing up your horse trailer, you're gassing up your truck, you're driving to basically any potential spot that can help you sustain a, a very unique lifestyle, and frankly, a, a dated lifestyle that we don't get to see that much anymore. So. It was really, really rad to be able to go out there and, and, and see that this is very much still part of the culture of, of uh, this country. It was really cool.
2: This is changes change of subjects, uh, and I don't know what you can address on it, but I wanted to bring it up because as I've been following stuff with all this conference thing that's been going on with mm. the Texas and Oklahoma and a potential alliance Uh, among these other conferences what do you got the 12 or no the Big Ten ACC Pac-12 it seems like the athletic is really really committed to staying all over this stuff and Mm -hmm. trying to find out as much information and that's from my perspective anyway is what I've been able to observe Uh, have you had conversations with people who are involved in this because it seems like they're doing a really good job of trying to keep abreast of all the news
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the folks at the college football vertical at the athletic has really kind of led the way, I think, in terms of covering the hard news side of this, you know, colleagues like Max Olson and Nicole Auerbach, Chris Vanini, all the way down to some of the beat writers in the big 12 and SEC country. They've, they've just done a phenomenal job and it's, it's really cool to be able to see in real time because these folks are really, really good at what they do. And, um, you know, I think so much of this job usually normally is not easy, but, you know, the, the, there is a, there's a pattern that you fall into with seasons and, you know, ebbs and flows of, of news cycles. But this year with the NIL developments and then kind of the, the bombshell of Texas and Oklahoma leaving, so many of the folks at The Athletic have been tasked with really just kind of, you know, digging into the old, hard-news-style uh, reporter chops. And they've they've just done a phenomenal job doing it. And um, I, you know, haven't really been pulled into much of that yet. Maybe I will be later on down the line. I don't know. But from an outsider's perspective, it's, uh, it's something else to see. I mean, I think, like, I, I, I guess the model is <laughs> – as much as college football fans want to believe that they're exactly like European soccer fans, because I know the crossover is so obvious. It's just, I think it's going to eventually become a pseudo Champions League style event where you are only really pitting the, the the quote unquote best of the best across the country with each other. And we're going to start seeing some angling soon, guys. I mean, sooner or later, everybody's going to put their chips on the table to try to attach themselves, the tentacles are going to be out, and it's going to be really interesting to see how this thing plays out.
0: Well, there's been a lot written about the 4 million games. The the game that can get 4 million viewers is a big event in college football. Well, you have to have the best teams play the best teams to get that. But if the best teams only play the best teams, then suddenly you're going to have blue-blood programs struggling to get to 500. So do you think the elite are really going to separate themselves? Or do you think the elite are going to make sure they play some big money games? Maybe a few more than they have been. Maybe the SEC playing 10 conference games was a little sign towards the future. But hey, it's worth having uh, Illinois and uh, (laughs) Rutgers and Oregon State and uh, whoever else around because you need some Ws.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think there's going to be a... Um, crossroads moment in that a lot of powerhouses are going to have to decide between payouts and, you know, competitive potential, because we know that the cream of the crop, the the top, you know, 5%, your Bama's, your Georgia's, Ohio State's, Oklahoma's, Texas's, whomever, they're always going to be in the mix. But um, these other folks that you're bringing with you, what, I mean, I think, unfortunately, they just won't have as much, you know, saying power because they will just have been felt lucky enough to be brought along. And um, unfortunately, I, I'm, I fear that that's going to be the case, but um, you make a great point. I mean, how are you going to sell to so many of these other fan bases that are, gonna, that are going to, in theory, be involved when they're likely just brought along to be, I don't want to say kind of like, the the doormat for the rest of these powerhouses. But listen, guys, I I think, especially in this country, we're obsessed with perennial winners. We have no concept of what it's like to really work hard for earning something. And that's why I think like the the comparison to the, the European soccer model is so spot on is because over there, like you just feel lucky enough to be in the conversation. I mean, that that is a win in of itself. Whereas here, if your team isn't competing to be a national champion every year, your fan base is so delusional that they're like, "Why should I care?" I mean, I honestly think that most fan bases operate in that realm of logic, and I think it's a very flawed realm of logic. But it's a reality nonetheless.
2: So it's interesting to see what's going to happen to the Pac-12 as we know it, because one of the things that works against them, you know, financially and having to play these late games. I think going forward from a television perspective can actually possibly even save them because they do have that late window that they can utilize. But at the same time, I'm wondering, you know, the blue bloods that you speak of, the big dogs, so to speak, in the Pac-12, if they see, well, Texas and Oklahoma did something outrageous. What can we do? Is there a possibility of us maybe even forming their own little... Conglomeration even if it's just four teams or whatever, i.e. the possibilities are somewhat endless to a degree. Uh, what do you? What is your thought as far as the future of the Pac-12? Because it seems like it can go in a number of different directions.
1: Yeah, I mean, my colleague Max Olson reported last week that there have been talks between the Pac-12, Big Ten, and the ACC, and that you know they're very preliminary, but <laughs> all the cards are on the table and. Um, I think it's a cliche and it's getting overused, but people just don't want to be left behind. And from a Pac-12's perspective, um, they're going to have to figure out, um, you know, how they can maintain staying power. I agree with you that maybe certain time slots work in their favor going forward, but. I think there is also a world guys, in which individual schools might be looking out for one A and one B, and usually one A and one B are themselves. and um, there could be a world in which things splinter apart, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, there, the pressure that is money and um, you know, attention, national attention, TV deals just being included, the feel of inclusion is going to be a very heavy draw for presidents and chancellors and, you know, boards across the Paxwell footprint. And um, we're just going to have to see how this thing plays out.
0: So, so much for this whole collegiality thing, huh?
1: <laughs> That's gone. I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, did it ever really exist though, guys? I mean, I think everybody was just faking it the whole time. Let's be honest. It, the finally, the mask is, is ripped off. It, it took, too long. There were too many decades in which we were pretending that we were all high and mighty. But no, I mean, at the end of the day, this thing was always about the, the dollar, the mighty dollar and who can get paid and who can compete. And the re. I mean, like the NCAA is, you know, its own fallacy in and of itself.
0: Well, we'll leave it right there, Chris. We have uh, appreciate having you on. Can you tell us what the next thing is, or will that mess it up? Someone will mess up your story if everyone knows what you're working on.
1: Uh, no, I mean, it's going to be everything. Like, there will be some, you know, some NBA-related, you know, big-picture, you know, long-form stuff in the near future. Um, really, anything that I find interesting, I'll be able to kind of um, tackle, and it'll be a lot of random stuff. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still, you know, calling Salt Lake home. So, when when need be, I'll be pulled in, but um, there, will, there will be stuff, and I'm sure that um, I will be lucky enough to be back on the show pretty soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Chris Kimrani, you can read him in The Athletic. DJ and PK, we got Dick Harmon coming up, sports columnist for the Deseret News. He's going to be talking BYU football with us at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
2: Now let's get this party started.
1: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
0: Kalani, he checks the box in nearly every single category of what type of coach you want at BYU. 11-1 didn't get you an extension. When most coaches in an 11-1 season with three years left would have got some type
3: of extension. There are certain coaches out there that just have looked at coaching at BYU as the be-all of all existence. And for them, if it is, that's great. But for other people, it's like, no, I want to get paid. I want to get paid market value. I want to get paid uh, and have an extension on par with my peers. I continue to ask the question
2: of what does he need to do to truly be valued and loved there? If it takes Tennessee
3: coming
0: in
2: and being like, hey, we want you to come coach in the SEC, man. I think it'll be a similar outcome that we just saw with Bronco.
1: Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Salt Lake Bees over a six-game homestand against the Reno Aces tonight at Smith's Ballpark. Come out and support the Bees. It's better at the ballpark. Tickets are on sale now at SLBs.com. We have a four-pack of tickets to the game tonight for caller 12 right now at 855-340-zone. 855-340-9663. Doesn't really look like baseball weather out there right now, PK. It is coming down, but that field drains really quickly, so if it stops. Well, they'll, they'll play. just
2: close the roof, too. The what, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We
1: ain't that sophisticated around well,
0: why,
2: here. Why shouldn't we do that? Because think about it. You see these programs, they don't necessarily have an indoor facility, but they put up a bubble, or they a tennis facility in the winter.
0: Yeah. Um, just make one big enough to put one over the ballpark. Heck of a bubble. <laughs> yes, why that's not? What, that's basically what the Pontiac Silverdome was before it was torn down. Been there.
2: Uh, so, yeah, just invent that, man. Come on, BYU. What are you doing down there? As Gordon would say, down there. Down there. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's bees baseball. Why is it on BYU? Because that's where all the entrepreneurs are. Uh-huh. Aha!
0: <laughs> and they did have a thing a couple years ago where they were trying to invent a thing for
2: sun with their softball field. So, you know, why not just add to their list? You just put a big tarp over it and play ball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Good. Let's do that. <laughs> There'll never be a rain out again. That'd be
0: awesome. Get on that right away. Caller 12 for the bees. 855-340-ZONE. Caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE.
2: That's one of the things I've learned moving out here in the West. You know, back East, you get a, a day of rain and it might last all day. Maybe not. depends. But here, we've seen many times at, at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, geez. And then by 4 o'clock, it's beautiful.
0: So, what's happening now this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with what will be happening tonight at 7 o'clock. No.
2: It's kind of cool, this summer rainstorm,
0: for sure. Cooling things off after a bunch of 100 degree days
2: and a drought emptying all the lakes. Given all you news people, just have I mean, been running going to town on it. Man. Yeah, I was so flooding so excited everywhere. Channel 2. 215, I, I haven't watched Channel 2 since March 12th. I mean, this is an infamous day in my life. Uh, but I did just peek to the last night just to see what was going on.
0: Eastside Belt Route,
2: closed. Flooding in Murray. Huh. I'll be dipped, as my mother would say. <laughs> she really said that? Well, she would follow what in something else. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Better that you stop there. Uh-uh.
0: We know where you're going anyway. Yeah. All right. So you uh, just got to quiz Chris Camrani on realignment. I think the uh, the one thing that should comfort fans who might be left behind and who knows which way to go. Anything can happen. But you talk to people around the USC program. And they want no part of those late-night starts. They are USC, and they do not want to play in that last time slot. They'll kick off at 6 o'clock on ABC. That's not beneath them. Well, that's but, 5 o'clock their time. Right. But that 8.30, 7.30 their time kickoff, not their favorite. Not their favorite at all, and they will complain about it. Doesn't seem that late to me. I mean, the, when do the Dodgers start? 7 o'clock? So 7.30 that big a deal? But yeah, but football lasts longer than baseball usually. It can, I think, both go three hours. College football game can push four. I think it goes closer to four. Nobody seems to mind, <laughs> uh, unless it starts at seven thirty. Well, right? yeah, and the weather sucks, right? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a problem. LA usually does fine on the weather, but a three and a half hour game is still eleven yeah, but o'clock. Even November, it can get it
2: can get nippy and SC people and are ocean breezes.
0: SC alumni are traveling from all over the place. It's a big deal. They're not all right. That's down a big in, city. Yeah, they're yeah, not all right a big down the road
2: in Santa Monica. No. Most a lot of them, of them are, but not all of them. Most of them are in Newport. They'll tell you about that. <laughs> uh, so it's a little bit of a hike. Uh, yeah, I just wonder, for the Pac-12 purposes, and that's really, I not want to say it's all I care about, but it's certainly the highest priority of what I care about as a Pac-10 guy my whole adult life. You know, I I remember talking to Craig Bullerjack when the Big Eight or Big Twelve way back a couple years back was thinking about imploding. He was nervous because of Kansas State. You know, he got a personal investment in that, and I'm sure he's concerned about it now too to see what happens with the the two big dogs taking off. I, the a, a number of ways you can go with this, and would the would SC and maybe in Oregon would they would they have the guts to to break off? You know, because the only if they had to, which means only if they
0: really feel like they're being left behind. Uh,
2: well, left they're already being left behind compared to the SEC. So they already are. That that's a fact. But you know, what does this twelve team playoff mean? And uh, to me, just getting in, I, that's not the goal if you're S C. No, the goal is to win it. Yeah. So But right th- now they I don't think right
0: now, and this could change, but right now they don't blame the league. They don't blame the time zone. They don't blame the TV deal. They blame the head coach. Mm. Now, down the
2: line... Yeah, but the, the head coach can't bring in more money. True. And so money talks. I mean, if they blame the head coach and get rid of him. They're not getting rid of him.
0: I think fans would like to, but the administration hasn't wanted to yet. And you're right. But coaches also hired to be fired, so...
2: Well, he'll be in fired at some time. point. Right. I, mean, I don't think he's going to have a 25-year run. Uh they they're pretty much all of them are. Uh so I mean I think Utah is going to be an exception here. I think Kyle will retire. I don't think he'll be canned, I think that. And I don't think they'll ask him to leave. I think he will leave on his own accord. I think he absolutely has a target date in mind and we'll let him announce it in his own time frame, but I think he he knows what's ahead for him. And so and that's in a good position to be. and I think they'll transition to Morgan Scally at that point too. Uh, I know that thing was taken away, but I think that was just a year and we're a year plus past that. So they're in a good spot there and that ain't good for him. you know he'll have uh, he'll have a great run. I don't go back in the 30s and 40s and all that stuff, so I don't know what was there in the 20s, but in my mind it'll be the best run ever at the University of Utah. And that's a consistency, and they've certainly. If you look at any program in the Pac-12, no one has been more consistent than Utah, for better or worse. I happen to think it's a lot for better rather than worse. But consistency of that program obviously has been there, which is why they receive universal respect. They are the most overrated, underrated program. In college football,
0: (laughs) (laughs) of all the so that means of all the underrated programs,
2: they're the ones who shouldn't
0: be right. They're the ones who receive the most praise. (laughs) Is that the most overrated underrated?
2: So many people have said you're underrated that you're not underrated. I don't think they are. I don't think they are underrated. They are so universally respected that to say they're disrespected is just an absolute joke, and they are not. They're, They're praised constantly. Hardly anybody ever says a negative word about them. Uh, and and that's because of a part of Kyle is a, a lovable dude, man. That Holly Rowe was up there yesterday. And what does he do? He goes over and hugs her. You know? On a day he wasn't supposed to talk. Guys guys got it made, man. He's got everybody, all media in the palm of his hand. All of them, including well, then, me. Then why can't more people figure that out? Good question. Good question, man.
0: Uh, Plenty of people willing to complain about the media, the way they're treated, stories that are written, what people say. Yeah. Good question. But there's a formula on how to do it, so why not just execute the formula and
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> take away? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I hear take, what you're saying. Yeah. Take a victory. I, I could start a consulting business on that. And start Look, like it's not like I haven't.
0: You ta- Mr. Entrepreneur. What? I like it. I'm
2: not going to, but I could. Oh, it's not like on. I haven't spoken to him about it in all honesty about how to handle it and he's a genius so their program is okay but you know the other coaches are going to come and go uh, I just wonder what's going to happen to the conference now Klyovkov uh, seems to be a forward-thinking dude you know but he's still in the honeymoon period Larry Scott negotiating all that television stuff and yada yada he seemed everyone has a honeymoon period if if you're getting ripped you know, in your first year, man, look out <laughs> man overboard at that point. Uh, so Klyovkov, what can you he do? He's got that entertainment background and I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt to see how he can do. I got to do the same thing with coaches. Why wouldn't I do it with the commissioners? Uh, and so all the contacts that he has, what, what do they finagle? What slice of the pie are they able to cut? What did they decide to go, do? It, it, it's fascinating to me to see, what they're going to do, because you pick up door one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And what was the old? Um, let's more. Well, let's still out there. Let's make a deal. Um, what's that guy? Wayne. He does that show. What's his name? Wayne. Wayne Brady. Yeah, Wayne Brady. He's an entertainer. Good entertainer. Yeah, he does that show. where They got the three doors. Well, you you, you could probably have twenty five doors now. You yeah. know well, all the possibilities, and I think they're going to have to do something. But I also believe there's no reason to just go jumping into stuff for the sake of, well, we got to do something. Let's do something. No. I like his approach. Spoke with him last month as far as you know, they, need to, they, re- they need to be cautious, but they also need to be aggressive. Cautiously aggressive. Is a phrase you don't normally hear.
0: That seems like an oxymoron. But I think it's, in this case, I think it's accurate. I think the way it plays out in this case is you can do something aggressive, but you sign a six or eight year TV deal. You don't, you don't go long term. You don't go 10, 12 or 15. They're not doing
2: that. No, no one's doing that anymore. That's over. Was it like AAC has one to like 2035? It's the ACC. You sure? I think so.
3: The ACC. When they what they the ha-
2: AAC has? I thought they have a
0: long
3: term one. AAC
1: signed a eight or nine year one that's going to run through the end of this day. Well, that seems like. outrageous for but the
2: ACC to do that. The
1: ACC did it as part of getting the ACC network set up with ESPN.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and the grant of rights has also protected them theoretically against teams leaving. We'll see if someone can get around what that. We, but what do we just have a contract?
2: or the grant of rights? Why do we use such stilted language? A contract. <laughs> the grant of rights. Even if the rights. contract is broken, <laughs> right.
0: you can't have your money. Lawyers <laughs> right. want to get paid, so they need to use the grant of rights. language. Is,
2: that's exactly what it is. Highfalutin language. I agree. Yeah. The contract says, and contracts are negotiated the, and renegotiated. The American Athletic and, Conference signed a 12 year deal. Which is still pretty long. It because is. Because Klakoff said that the Pac 12 shouldn't have signed that right. to that late. He said, in retrospect, he wasn't blaming Larry because it seemed like the thing to do at the time. But he was saying that was wrong now. Right. And we see that. But wrong. the Big
0: Ten went with a shorter deal. It's going to pay off, and people are going to follow that. Now, the American is signed through 2033, and the ACC okay, yeah, through was... like 2035. All right. So, those two are way out there. And I can see with the similar letters and the similar length of deals why you got them backwards. But it's pretty similar. The point is, they are both way out there. And the Pac 12 coming up in uh, how many more years have we got? Are three? we up to three now? Yeah. I wouldn't expect, even though they're coming up so much later, that they would go as long as the AAC, which is 2033.
2: The 12 you speak of. Pac-12. hmm Oh, no, no, no. I don't think so. I wouldn't be surprised. Six
0: years. Everything changes with the NFL. Watch the NFL, because the NFL signed an 11-year deal, and the NFL is at a level even the SEC can only dream of. And, oh, I, honestly, sure. yeah. and I honestly think the SEC does dream of it.
2: Well, the SEC is the NFL of college
0: football. Right. But they'll have more power if they pull in another four to eight teams. At that point, they're really two leagues negotiating one massive team Well, contract, depending on
2: who those is, teams are, too, they're only the, gonna, the, they're the higher only, profile, yeah, the more
0: the power. They're done bringing in Arkansas and South Carolina. I don't think they're making moves like that anymore. I don't even know if they want to bring in a Missouri again. I, th- I think they're, they're done hitting, swinging for singles and doubles. It's all about launch angle now for the SEC. If they add somebody, I think they're, they're going for a mega team. How far, geographically speaking? Ah, the $64 million question. I don't... Because think... they don't have to go that far. No. No, when you're in Kentucky... Well, you can get Clemson. Yeah, when you're in Kentucky, you're not that far from Ohio State and Michigan. And you're already in South Carolina and in Florida. Oh, you're not... You're two hours. Right. Tops. So... Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State. The Lexington
2: media market is Cincinnati. It's an hour and a half. It's Logan to Salt Lake. And they cover it extensively. Cincinnati does. Absolutely. I have a friend who worked for the Cincinnati Inquirer, still does. Yeah, I had a friend who worked in
0: Cincinnati TV, Mm -hmm. and I would see her at NCAA tournaments Mm -hmm. following both cincinnati
2: and kentucky and he was my editor at the casagrand dispatch really yes. nice he was a ohio guy went out west and then went back and uh you can look him up his name's peter bronson and he i told him i told him years ago I, I emailed him one day i said hey i never told you this but when we were working in casagrand you had a profound impact you taught me the business you taught me, and I was only there for a year, almost mm-hmm. literally to the day before I got out of jail, and uh, <laughs> got out of jail, <laughs> locked up the state prison halfway Seemed between like Tucson and Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, actually, it is there; it's over in uh, Florence. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and I, I told him, I said, "You, you, you really taught me as much as anybody taught me in this business." I thought, I felt, I owed it to him, and so yeah, it, I'm really fascinated to see. To me, this potential change in landscape has the, a, a, a potential college football speaking-wise to be earth-shattering way more than just moving a couple of teams, Nebraska here, Colorado, and Utah
0: there, that type of thing. Uh, yeah, I think we're beyond that. Yeah. I think that they want to change the supply and demand feature here and have more power in the TV negotiations because, hey, as yeah. long as we get one of the six big leagues or a player – Okay, so when there's three or four leagues, now the networks really have to come together. That will happen. I don't know in what shape or form, but it's going to happen. So I think what you need to root for, if you're a Pac-12 fan, is that instead of adding two teams here or there, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten find a way to pool their TV rights. Now, the bad news for the Pac-12 is they won't get 50% of the money. But the good news for a lot of people in the Pac-12 is that they won't be left out. And the good news for the people at the top of the Pac-12 is they keep the traditional rivalries alive and they know they still stay at or near the top of the pile. Even when USC has a coach that the fan base doesn't like or trust, they're still in the top four teams of the league. And if they start merging, that might not be true anymore. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. BYU football coming up. Dick Harmon joins us. Top of the hour. Stay with us. The Big, Show, the Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
3: Time for What's Going On here on The Big Show. and We check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. I look forward to this every day.
0: What show do you like checking in with more? Oh, I can't pick between my children. Well, that's condescending. What do you mean condescending? Yeah, a little bit. Both shows can call you daddy. I didn't mean it literally. Don't get me wrong. I'm fine with that point of view that the other two shows are beneath us. But, I mean, <laughs> just surprised that it came
1: out like that. The emphasis was on picking between equals, not on a hey, I'm everyone's daddy. Pull that. <laughs> <laughs> Trick me. Pull that for sure. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the promo. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in The Zone Sports Network. Remember to listen every day
0: at 1.30 as and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness here on The Zone Sports Network. Question of the day. Kevin Durant. What's your opinion of the guy who led the U.S. to the gold medal at the Olympics and who won a couple championships with the Warriors and it created a burner account and who got on a podcast with Draymond Green and two guys who got into a famous beef agreed that it wasn't their fault. It was the coach and the GM's fault. It wasn't their fault for having their beef. Yeah, and that's And they're not two weak. grown men who should settle their own beef. If yeah. you and I get into a big old beef, is it Scott Gerard's fault? I think it is, Scotty G. Well, I blame you.
2: The, the role of management getting involved, they're ripping the management of getting involved. There was down Ryan Hatch down in Phoenix. Uh, probably geez, seven, eight years ago now. The two morning show guys darn near came to blows. Awesome. I think I played that for you. You did. Yeah.
0: I mean, and they, I thought it was more than seven or eight years ago. But whatever. The point is, it's a, They're still they, doing the show. That's the point. Uh, it's over a long period of time. Mm. They've been able to overcome it.
2: Yeah. And the station yeah, within ten years. The station's a powerhouse. And I talked to Hatch about it. And they're established. Yeah. And those guys. It was word. It made national news because the one guy's an ex-NFL player and the other dude's like, what are you going to hit me? <laughs> Go ahead, punch me. If you're going to make you feel like a man. <laughs> 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 and so Hatch got involved. He brought him into the office afterward. So you have two of your people that are arguing like that and then it happens. It, it does happen. And so that's, you know, Scotty's had to deal with stuff. Uh, everybody has to deal yeah, with something. Yeah, but seven. did those two guys say, oh, it's the third guy's fault who wasn't no, in the No, no, no,
0: I got your point. Yeah, I, 100%, I just no. thought it was crazy well, to Dran Green, except they can. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have can.
2: leverage to do that. Although, yes. it's interesting to see Green is still on the Warriors, and he's blaming his essentially his two supervisors. Yeah. One of whom we've already
0: seen his uh, read his lips. I'm so tired of his bleep. <laughs> Steve Kerr caught
2: on camera. Yeah, Green is sort of like a, a poor, poor, poor man's Rodman. You know, he's pretty good at what he does, but he's got to put up with some crap along the way. And he's going to play the victim. That's the thing, man. I didn't mind. I actually enjoyed the conversation. It went on for about twenty-five minutes, and just they talked about other stuff. Oh, big was Yeah, there was like three or four minutes of this thing, and I thought it was silly blaming other people. Years later. He left. Durant left. He left. The world, the world goes on. The, the, the Warriors are not going to sh- close shop just because Kevin Durant left. Sean says, Durant's only championships are joining an already
0: championship team. A lot of people resent that. Justin says, one of my students met him once and said he was super nice to him. That's my only reference to him. He was a nice guy to a teenager who looked up to him. Okay. That's good. And yet the next post is terrible human being, fantastic basketball <laughs> specimen. <laughs> terrible I love human terrible being. human being. I
2: don't takes. know what kind of human being you know, Kevin Durant is. At most, get out you of know town. one or two percent of these guys' lives. Jeez, lies. what a joke. Yeah. How could you possibly say that? A terrible <laughs> human
0: being? Social, no way. It's social media and you get to throw <laughs> that, that is, stuff out there and not be held
2: accountable. <laughs> it's just We have no idea what kind of human being Kevin Durant is. Oh holy cow. Jeez. That's so outrageous. Joshua says I have no
0: respect for his attitude off the court, but I appreciate his ability to score Zero over respect
2: anyone. Off the court. Zero respect off the court. He does nothing. He's just a he is a burden on society the second he walks off the court. <laughs> Dave lock s- him up. Dave <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
0: Dave, superstar, good dude. Not perfect, but who is? No judge here. I like that one. Jake, jazz fans would say no to him. Bull. <laughs> next no line. what? Next line, jazz management ignores jazz fans. Signs anyway. <laughs> they would say no to Kevin Durant? Get out of town. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. That's another thing that sounds good on social media. In real life, red carpet. Cue up the marching band. Fireworks. All right, it's time to bring in... Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Guys have been struggling with ED, and Andrew, you got a treatment—no pill, no injections, and no surgery.
3: That's right. And uh, if you're struggling with ED, the first thing most guys think of is the pill. But maybe that—those uh, days will be over. A recent study said this is the new standard of care for erectile dysfunction. Kind of think of what we do to a muscle in the gym—we break it down a little bit, build it up stronger. That's what the technology with pressure waves does to the blood vessels. So over a few treatments, you start to see more blood flow in the bedroom, where you want it, when you want it. Guys take less pill, then they can get off the pill. This has been uh, a game changer for a lot of guys. And you may be thinking, I'm too young. I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 40s. It's not going so well in the bedroom, but I, I just shouldn't be having this issue. You're more normal than you think. We treat guys in that age every single week, and they have seen great results.
0: But why do guys want to talk to you and go public when they could privately just take a pill?
3: Well, it's mostly because of the side effects or the lack of spontaneity. If the pill's working great, and I think maybe for some guys it does, I'd say keep doing it. If you don't enjoy it, you don't like the medication, you don't like the side effects, that's where the acoustic wave therapy comes in. And the pill, it goes after the symptoms, This goes after more of the root cause of the problem.
0: You've got a special offer for people because people like deals.
3: Yes, and this is a lot of free. gives you a chance to meet the doctor, see if you like the clinic. Uh, The assessment, exam, and blood flow ultrasound is no charge. Uh, You'll get a gift. This is worth the trip, by the way. It produces powerful results in the bedroom. If you feel a little lethargic, uh, patients at Wasatch Medical get free testosterone as well. So it's a lot of value.
0: Guys, you can call 801-901-8000. Get that deal right now. 801-901-8000. Tell them you heard it here on The Zone. 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.